What is up and welcome to the Beware the Babe podcast. We're going to the Super Bowl. This is not a normal intro. I'm just really excited. Uh, we're talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about the NFC Championship game. Reminiscing, going down memory lane. It's going to be a great podcast. Hope you enjoy. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Brandon, Uncle B. Ricketts. It's another morning edition of the Beware the Bay podcast, but it is not just any morning edition. It is the morning edition that we're coming to you after an incredible victory, which punched the Bucks ticket to the Super Bowl. I can't believe it, man. When we started this podcast, I, di- I don't know if I ever really believed that we could get to this point. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I think I believed it in my heart, but now that we're here, it's surreal, uh, amazing game against the Packers. Lots to talk about. Super excited to talk about this team, this game, and this journey. Brandon, how are you feeling this morning about Man, it? Man, I am I am feeling I'm on an all time high right now. I think it's it carried over yesterday. I think some of my coworkers were very annoyed with me yesterday, but I really just didn't care. I was living on like cloud nine. I think a lot of Bucks fans are and it's well deserved. I it's been a long time coming. Uh, I don't care about any of these bandwagon fans that jumped on just because of Tom Brady. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and I man, I just can't wait. It's so exciting. I mean, there's just so much to talk about, so many things that you know we're gonna get to, and you know, really, I think at the end of the day, like, like we said, I, and this is we said this a little bit, you know, before in the podcast. Really, this is this is a podcast that I think maybe one of our best because we're, we're, we're not just talking about the game and then the next game that's coming up. We're going to talk about the pa- the Chiefs game, you know, the Super Bowl matchup next week. This this game's all about the Packers game and also the Bucks' journey to get here. And really, you know, our journey as fans, your journey as fans, and so we're really excited about this. And so one of the things I want to ask of you guys in the chat right now is, you know, start dropping, you know, we're going to talk about our our first memories as Bucks fans, our favorite memories as Bucks fans. Uh, we're going to talk about what the Super Bowl birth means to us. I don't want you guys to drop some of those things as well. Let's get sentimental. This is a moment to enjoy as Bucks fans. So, really hyped about that. Wanted to throw that in here before we started. But Brandon, one more thing. Uh, of course, before we get into the podcast, remember we'll have a listener question segment. So, you know, throughout the week, we solicit questions from you guys because this podcast is about you guys. What you guys want to hear. What you guys want to to listen to. And so, if you have, like I said, questions, comments, topics. Or really, just your buck story. Drop it in the chat. We'd love to talk about it during our segment. And as well, if you think of some questions throughout the week, uh, let us know through social media. We put up an Instagram question each week, or you can hit us through the DMs. And finally, um, if you enjoy this podcast, we've been having a blast doing it. Brandon, we started, I guess, a year and a half ago or something like that, right after the Rams game, and it's it's grown so much. We've we've done new things and different things. We've experimented. It's been a blast. If you guys enjoy it. Well, would you consider giving us a share? Just share it on Facebook. It really helps us out. We're excited about some exciting things coming up in the future. Uh, but for now, Brandon, let's get on to the podcast. Dude, let's go. And, and really, what what is your one word and immediate reaction about it all? I mean, can you can you get it into one word or is it just going to spill out over that? It, it actually is going to be one word this week, believe it or not. I, I all, all season long, I couldn't keep it to one word, but this this is one word. Are you ready? Finally. I'm ready. Finally. It, it, it's finally happened. It, something that Bucks fans for the last, you know, almost for the last 18 years to the day, <laughs> we would not think would be possible after, you know, losing P. 
people like Warren Sapp, John Lynch, you know, to free agency, you know, when they moved on to Oakland and to Denver, um, through all the 18 plus quarterbacks that we've gone through, you know, or eight, you know, 18, 19 to give or, give or take a, a couple, um, all those quarterbacks that we've gone through. I mean, that the time is finally here. Uh, it, it's, I don't know how else to feel. Uh, you know, we're. Oh, I just can't. Oh my goodness, I can't. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting, bro. And and I think my my one word is champs. It's champs. Now it's it's not you know world champs just yet. We we got to win one more game, but it's NFC champs. The Bucks are the NFC champs. We're going to the Super Bowl. I I can't believe it. You know, and we're going to reflect about what this win means to us. We've been really excited about this podcast. And so, you know, for me, I think the Bucks deserve the term champs, NFC champs. And they know their work's not done. They don't want it to be done. They want one more game. But right now we're going to soak in that. So that's that's my one word, man. And I'm so excited. I still can't believe that in two weeks we're going to be playing in the Super Bowl. It's so exciting. So with that being said, Brandon, why don't we get into some some reflections? Like like we talked about, we're excited about this podcast. It's a little different. So let me let me pose this first question to you, Brandon. What does this win and Super Bowl birth mean to you? Man, I, I don't know how how I can try to do this within an hour, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it real quick. You know, Sunday, you know I you know watching the game with my wife Jayla and my kids you know uh, it took me back to 18 years ago when um, I was 10 10 11 years old and I got to watch the Bucks in that moment and with my grandfather with my mom with my grandmother you know which I you know I'm very lucky they're both still alive and you know I the, my grandfather was actually the first person I called after I went live with the boys running up and down the street but um it, it was the moment where I shared was when Godwin ran for that first down on third and five and it just it jolted the energy and to pick up my kids and scream and yell with them and to see their excitement in their face and just it brought you know the emotions of it's finally happening and I get to share this moment with with not only with my family and make the memories with my kids it it just was a memory that I'm never gonna forget now. It's, I, I, you know, I love my, I love my family to death, and it's just the the emotions that I went through that night with them, and just, the, Micah posted it on our our Twitter account, and I posted it as well, where you see, oh, one of them's coming in right now, where Kason, come here, where Kason, um, pump used when I picked him up, he kind of gave a little fist bump, and one of them right here, Kellen. Uh, he was part of it too, and uh, sharing the moment with him. It, it's the little moments. Yeah. It's these little moments with with these guys that mean mean the absolute most. And I think uh, people can echo it, you know, around um, around the world or around Florida and Tampa. Really, uh, that means the absolute most to everyone. So I I I'm the, I could go on and on, Micah, but that's what it meant to me. It, it meant the the family and the excitement that these guys felt that day that night. Um, it was it was exciting. So it, it was fun to see. Um, I can't and I can't wait. I can't wait to see what uh, February seventh has in store for us. <laughs> yeah, man, it was so awesome. I, I was just I loved that video that you shared, and I I asked for it so we could you know we could put it up on the social media, and 
those are the moments, man. And I think, you know, what gets kind of lost in all this in, in the middle of a pandemic, sports has really been a big part of how we've been able to cope with a lot of this. You know, there's, there's not a lot of great news going on, you know, in the world, but for Tampa fans, this has been a year like no other. I mean, you just think about what you know, Tampa has accomplished, you know, the, the Lightning getting to and winning the Stanley Cup with all the overtime games, you know, I mean, I, I remember watching the game that went like six, seven hours or whatever it was and, and just getting so excited about Braden Point scoring that, being able to vanquish the, you know, uh, Columbus and obviously move on to, to win the Stanley Cup. The Rays, you know, this kind of unlikely team, this low payroll team, and that's another story altogether. But to do what they did, you know, uh, to get all the way to uh, the World Series and to come up a little bit short, but to deliver one of the greatest moments in Rays history of that walk-off, um, you know, game-winning uh, run from a hometown guy. What a, what a great moment. And then obviously, you know, Tampa Bay, the Bucks have been the story of, of, of all the sports world, right? I mean, uh, and we'll get into it, the, the road that we've had to this point, but to, to be here now and to have had so many people doubting us, I remember all the memes, and again, you know, memes are sarcastic, but I mean, I really think a lot of people thought, they said, oh, you know, if you weren't with us when we were seven and nine, don't be with us when we were, were eight and eight. <laughs> so, there's no way this roster is going eight and eight. And they, they showed that even though through adversity, you know, they were able to make it to the big game. You know, it's, it's been huge for Tampa. And I think during uh, a worldwide uh, pandemic, this is exactly what this community needed. And I really hope the Bucks can bring it home and, and win a title. Um, it, it really is Tampa Bay and it's been exciting, but you know, what it means to me personally, uh, similarly, Brandon, you know, I, mm-hmm. I call my grandpa yeah. and, and that's a that's a special relationship that I have with him, you know, because he was he was the, the one who got me into Bucks football. I remember every Sunday going over and, you know, watching football games with him and we weren't very good when and and yet I we still watched the games and um my you know, we'll get into our first memories, but he was really one of the catalysts for me loving this team and and you know I called him and he he just couldn't believe it and I couldn't believe it and it was a great moment so what this means to me personally is I, I really believed in this team and I've lived in a lot of different places where a lot of people give me grief <laughs> for sticking with this team uh, but I believed in them and I'm really really happy I did because I think this is all paying off and hopefully setting us up for continued success into the future yeah man absolutely and uh, uh, you know and you know, I I know your your grandfather, and he's he's an awesome man, and it's the memories that we make with them. And to go, you know, to piggyback off of what you said, you know, I think the Tampa Bay Bay area kind of needed this extra boost, you know, with everything going on. I completely agree because you know Tampa has been kind of in the spotlight, kind of really for the last almost all year with sports, you know, with the Lightning, with the Rays, and now the Bucks. You know, it's definitely been a time to. Um, definitely time for you know for us to just come together it's funny we went out on sunday at, we were finally that was sunday was actually our first day where we were able to leave the house you know everyone's feeling better we're we're feeling good you know all our tests came back and we were we were negative it's just with a wait and see but being able to go out and t- when we went to the store it was like i saw either a bucks flag or a uh Bucks jersey or a Bucks shirt or someone was wearing Bucks red somewhere and it was all you know somehow it correlated to the Bucks 
and it was good to see because we haven't really seen that from the Buck side. We've seen a lot of lightning or a lot of rays stuff, you know, the last couple of years, but we hadn't seen much Buck stuff. So um, it's funny because um, last night when I was working, I, one of my high school friends that I've known for years, um, she thought she was messaging my wife and saying, you know, I've known him for so many years, you know, and he's been through the thick and thin. And it, it's funny that he has been probably one of the truest fans to be through the thick and thin. And I'm not saying you guys aren't either, but she was saying that in our in our in our in our senior yearbook, there's a page where they have me wearing a pirate ship hat and and a um, Michael <laughs> Scott jersey with beads on. And that was back in like 2011. So that that's been some time now. It's been 10 years now. So it's been crazy to think that that happened. So uh, I can't wait. And who man well hey speaking of history brandon i i did a little deep dive and i know you did a deep dive when we're going to talk about our journey to to get to the super bowl um but really i i posed this question and, and i guess i'll take the first answer of it because really this, i just took a trip down memory lane and, and looked up a lot of bucks history and, and a lot of things i knew and some things i didn't but re- this is the question that we you know we were, we were talking about on the podcast what is the super bowl birth mean to you but also now what does it mean to the franchise and the fans you know all of you guys out there listening the franchise um the bucks as a whole an organization you know what what does this super bowl mean to this franchise and i think it's huge for the franchise especially you know for a franchise with its history starting you know formed in 76 and going 0 and 26 to begin with a brutal start um, you know, but they battled back and in 79 got to the playoffs for the first time. It was a great team. You know, you had Doug Williams, Jimmy Giles, Ricky Bell, Leroy Selman, and then, um, you know, a few more years getting in the playoffs, getting bounced. And, and then they entered really, and I didn't really know too much about this era, but, you know, an era of 1983 to 1996 where the Bucks had 12 consecutive seasons of 10 or more losses. And so for a fan base that's gone through all of that, then coming out of that and getting you know change in ownership and Tony Dungy coming in to rebuild the culture, I don't think enough can be said about the job that ownership has done and Tony Tony Dungy did to rebuild the culture here at Tampa Bay. Obviously, he built one of the best defenses of all time, um, you know, which was I think number one in the league for a few years, including 2002. You know, just brought class, an, an attitude, a winning mindset to the organization, and one of the best defenses of all time. Unfortunately, you know, he, he wasn't able to get it done in the playoffs, and I and I guess maybe that was one of the catalysts of the Glazers moving on. You know, we lost to Philadelphia a couple of years in a row, and so what did they do? They went and traded for John Gruden, and you guys know that the the rest is history. In his first year. You know, the Bucks win their division, they go to the playoffs, they beat Philadelphia with the Rondé Barber pick, and to get then to the Super Bowl, they, they shut down the vet, they finally vanquished the bully, and now to get to the Super Bowl, then obviously they won versus the Raiders, and that was probably, you know, one of the biggest moments in Bucks history. And and I say that all to say that it this moment that we're in now is also one of the biggest moments in franchise history, mm-hmm. because if you think about it, the Super Bowl was like the highlight of the John Gruden era. That team ended up fading out. Veterans were cut, released, traded, all that kind of stuff. And and then we went through a really, really rough time. Lots of different coaches, lots of different quarterbacks, lots of different defenses and offenses. 
and couldn't really put much together. We hadn't been back to the playoffs since Gruden, but uh, with Jason Light coming in, building this team from the ground up, you know, bringing luring BA out of retirement, that then the dominoes start to fall. Brady wants to come and then bring all of his friends and, and the team that they've built now. This this is one of the greatest moments in the franchise's history, and so for the franchise, what does it mean to the franchise to make it to the Super Bowl? Uh, this is just fantastic, man. It's it's been a long time coming. It's it's been I, I what what was it like 15, 18 years since our last um, uh, playoff win. Now to go to our second Super Bowl, this this is huge, Brandon. So you know, with with the history of the Bucks in mind, man, it's it's exciting to watch them finally put the pieces together and for us to get the Super Bowl berth. Yeah, and it's actually 18 years since our last playoff win, to be honest. Or 18 you know, years. Was, but I mean, if you want to be honest, it was two days ago, our last playoff win. <laughs> Anyways, no, no, I I completely agree, and it, it was it's fun to go down memory lane. I was telling someone yesterday, you know, my vivid memory of becoming the Bucks fan was probably in the early, you know, the or into the late '90s, um, kind of that transition era where Dungy and you know the Glazers have taken over and started going on. And something to think about is, you know, that was back when Malcolm Glazer, the original, you know, the guy who helped by the bucks for you know originally and you know his son you know when he was speaking i said man it just doesn't feel right without malcolm there and you know malcolm you know malcolm glazer rest in peace to him he passed away a couple years ago you know i was like man i really kind of hope the bucks kind of you know would win you know be play better for him for that year and it just never happened but it's good to see that you know the glazers the kids have done very well with the franchise they haven't tried to um turn over like pay as you at more you know more or less kind of like how the Rays have done in the last couple of years, um, they have done very well with how they go about their 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 team and how they you know allow the fans to voice their opinions because I there's a couple times that I've seen Brian Ford and um, one of the Glazers' sons kind of walking through Raymond James during game day you know and just being with the fans and it, it's moments like that where we have the ownership and i think it means so much to that glazers family that you know their dad is gone but they they've kept the legacy there in here in tampa you know i remember back when we we were so we were so terrible that there was talks of the bucks being one of the teams being moved to uh england as you know a permanent spot and you know the glazers like the bucks aren't going anywhere and i think the glazers have done a really good job in the last you know 18 years to keep you know the faith and keep the hope up here in tampa and i I just can't wait so i think it means so much to them as you know as a franchise and then not only that for the fans as well you know i think these fans you know the the fans that have been fans before you and i were even a twinkle in our parents eyes okay i think this means a lot to them because they got to see the first super bowl and you know i've i've heard and you know listening to the radio this week or you know yesterday listening to some of the podcasts already this week you know it you hear the supplemental of you know well you know my my mom or my dad has passed away i remember going you know watching the super bowl with them and things like that i think them you know kind of echoing what i said was you know it's supplemental because we have our own leg- legacy now with our own families because that was 18 years ago. We've all grown up. Some of us have started families. Others, you know, 
people have passed on and you want to you know relive those memories with your loved ones and i think this is going to be a super bowl where those fans are going to get to do it so i think it means so much more to just everyone here in the tampa bay area like forget COVID for a second this means so much more for the tampa bay area and just a whole in general yeah 100 percent. well and, and then bringing the conversation back to you, Brandon, and, and I, mm-hmm. I wanted us to kind of just reminisce a little bit. What are what are some of your favorite Bucks memories up until this point? It, it could be anything. I mean, it could be a game you went to. It could be an exciting win. It could be drafting somebody. Um, it could be a special moment. Do you have any favorite Bucks memories up until this point? Oh, yeah. I, I have a couple, and I'll, I'll, I'll do, you know, I've, I've always mentioned and on the show that my first game was a game against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas in the original Dallas Stadium um, where, you know, the Bucks, Tom Brady, uh, Sean King was our quarterback at the time, and it was, or I said Tom Brady, or Tony Dungy was the head coach at the time, and um, Sean King was the quarterback. I remember that I was wearing a Warren Sapp jersey. It was one of those kids' jerseys, and, you know, the guys yelling me in the back. I remember that, and that ultimately really kind of kicked off my love and passion for football but fast forward you know to the Super Bowl you know after the Super Bowl win my brother and I and my grandparents there was a place in Brandon called Barnacles it's not there anymore and we got to go out there and we had our face painted and it it was just a fun time so that was a good memory let's fast forward to kind of closer to present day Um, I got to go to a practice with um, my grand, my grandfather, my grandmother, and my brothers, and we got to go to the practice field, and um, it was during the season. It was a terrible season. I think Josh Freeman was our quarterback at the time. Um, it was Gerald McCoy's rookie season just before he got injured, and I got to he w- he actually came out and you know like greeted us and everything. And my grandfather had just had quadruple bypass surgery. Daddy, like, hold on, buddy. Okay, <laughs> he had a quadruple bypass surgery um, just the season before that, and Gerald had his quad or his quad injury or whatever his bicep injury, whatever it was. He had his surgery done, and they were literally showing each other their surgery scars. Like my grandfather lifted up his shirt, showed him the scar from his uh, from his bypass surgery, and it was moments like that. I was like, man, it's like these guys are real, pe-. and that's what made me realize like these people are these football players are just real people too. That and then I got to meet um, like Garrett Blunt that that same day, and that man was just a freaking freak of nature. That man just hurtling over people, just in general. So those are some of my fond memories of just like leading up to the to these moments. So, oh, that's awesome. Those are awesome. Yeah, and I I have a you know couple memories as well. And and guys, put put your favorite memory in the chat. I'd love to hear. Um, you know, really, uh, Bucks fans are awesome because you know we've been through a lot, and so the good moments really stick out to us. So, uh, what's your favorite Bucks memory? Let us know in the comments. We'd love to know. But some of mine, obviously, you know, I was I was just old enough to remember our Super Bowl win, and even more than that, after the Super Bowl party, we got a, a VHS tape of it was like the America's Game, and it was like the documentary of that season, and you know, talking about the game, and I wore that thing out. I mean, like. To the point where I couldn't watch it anymore. You know, it was it was so messed up because I'd watched it so many times, and it's one you know one of the areas where you know I really grew in my fandom for this team. 
Another one was, you know, uh, attending the Seahawks game a few years ago, and that was the game where uh, I think it was um, Keith Tandy had the big interception, and, you know, they um, just uh, won the game with really the defense, and, you know, that was an awesome game to watch uh, Russell Wilson you know, struggle against this Bucks defense. I think that was like our like a five-game run a couple of years ago that the defense was kind of on, and that was a fun memory. shared that with my brother. Um, another memory was visiting one buck place, seeing the Super Bowl, seeing all the statues, seeing all the, you know, concept designs for the, the change mm-hmm. in the uniforms and the history of things, the Super Bowl ring, you know, where at that you know, time they're, they're doing press conferences and stuff right through those doors and visiting that over at the Bucks uh, facilities. Those were some really cool memories for me. But, you know, I think one of the biggest memories and, and that I'm going to remember forever it's just a huge moment was getting Tom Brady this year. You know, when when the news broke that he was for sure leaving the Patriots and that we were one of the options, I just I didn't let myself get my hopes up, but I don't think I stopped looking at Twitter at all for like three days. Like I was like glued to my phone. Like, are we gonna get this guy? Are we gonna get the greatest quarterback of all time? Is he gonna choose us, the Bucks? And he did. And man, that was just a, an incredible memory that I'm gonna have forever. Tell my kids about it when Tom Brady played for our team and uh, brought us to a Super Bowl, hopefully win a Super Bowl. But those are some of my favorite memories. I, I see you guys dropping some of those memories in the the chat as well. Uh, keep doing that, man. This is a fun podcast to reminisce. Um, and, and, you know, maybe where were you when we won our first Super Bowl? Some of those questions. So, um, Brandon, I think that's enough reminiscing for now. Do you, do you want to talk about the game that we just played against the – Green Bay Packers to win the NFC Championship? Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, as we always do, Brandon, we we like to get the bat out of the way. And this game, even though it was an awesome win, there were still some things that um, were, were a little mind-numbing for Bucks fans. And um, want to just talk about them real quick, and then we'll get to talking about all the good things. And then finally, kind of ending out the podcast with our journey to get to the Super Bowl up until this point, but let's talk about uh, Green Bay uh, and what were some of the what was one bad thing that you you saw from the game that you think that should have been better? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I guess really it wouldn't be too too much of a bad coming into this coming going into the Super Bowl. But let's just talk about some key injuries that kind of seem to affect just a little bit of like how we ran our defense. Talking about our safeties. Now we knew going into it that um our the rookie um he was going to be um questionable and then coming that he was going to be like a game time decision and then he just never went so i think that was you know kind of hurt us a little bit and then not only that then when he uh gosh i have his name written down right in front of me and i can't even find it (laughs) oh my goodness um which which one you talking about Whitehead, when Jordan Whitehead, when, when Jordan Whitehead, Jordan Whitehead, and Jordan Whitehead went down with his shoulder injury, you know, it kind of definitely, it, I don't know if how many Bucks fans really kind of it sunk into their stomach like, oh no, like, oh yeah. no, like we were playing against Aaron Rodgers, like you would have thought like it was gonna be a like a like slice and dice, you know, to our defense, and uh, it wasn't a slice and dice. So I think the injuries kind of just stung us just a little bit, you know. Missing Brown, you know, probably wasn't a big effect to the receiving core because we have people like Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, you know, in, as a backup. But 
though missing those two safeties kind of affected just a little bit enough in my opinion um but i we i suspect that we'll have both those guys for the super bowl yeah, I think so too, and I'm with you. I was so worried, man. When now Mike Edwards is a yeah, he's quote unquote a backup, but he's he he's played fantastic when he's been on the field, and he showed it again yesterday. I mean, he's been a playmaker. Didn't make a you know a huge interception or anything, but he played pretty well. But like you said, those injuries they gave you a little bit of consternation of just like like oh dear God, I hope we hold on to this lead. You know, I'm so glad we have this lead um, because it's Aaron Rodgers you're talking about. He made some incredible throws on the run one that was uh, man i'd have to pull the tape but it was like right by sean murphy bunting's helmet and it dropped right in the bucket to his wide receiver on a crossing route or something i was just like man the dude's just incredible and so you know i wish him all the best i hope hopefully he doesn't have a lot of success while tom brady's still in the nfc or maybe you know maybe rogers can go to the afc but for me for me the first thing that was bad is and i brandon I understand you get you so you got the Super Bowl so you can't necessarily <laughs> criticize that that the results aren't there because we obviously are in the Super Bowl but you can't I'm just I'm just saying this you can't be successful against the Chiefs coming up if you do what we did on first down with all the runs I charted it I watched the whole game outside of our four minute offense so four minute offense you're throwing the ball a bunch it kind of skews the numbers so outside of four minute offense on first down. Out of 19 first downs, we ran the ball 14 times. And you you might say, like, okay, well, you know, well, at least they were effective, right? Well, not necessarily. The only really effective play was that Leonard Fournette touchdown, which looked like a one-yard gain until playoff Lenny showed up. So if you take that run out, the average yards per carry for the other 13 runs was 2.3 yards a carry. And if you add it in, it's still only 3.5 yards of carry. So it's not like they're getting a ton of, you know, yards on first down. It's not like they're, you know, opening things up and making second down easier. In fact, it's making it harder. And what we'll talk about in just a little bit is all the third downs that Brady converted. It was almost like Brady was playing against the Packers and the play calling sometimes. And so, you know, the the regression that we've seen in play calling to almost back to mid-season form before the bye of running on first down every single time. It's just frustrating, and I think it's something that you need to clean up. And and you just, listen, you got two weeks to plan for the game of your life. Um, don't do that again, man, because you got, I, I, in my opinion, you got kind of lucky in some ways that you converted so many third downs and scored so many times. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, it was, you know, we this was a low running game. But our lowest playoff game were in rushing yards. Um, this this postseason, um, kind of weird to say that I almost said regular season, but postseason. Um, but you know, I agree. You know, but I think that end around that you know, um, Chris Godwin had kind of changed out a little bit, and I think it, it will give the Bucks a better idea of what they can do against the Chiefs, in my opinion, if they can start doing more end arounds with Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, things like that. Do a double. I mean, just. Wow, wow. Those guys are those guys are talented yeah. enough. Let's do it. Um, okay, so I agree. The running game. But here's one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit. Now, the key to winning a football game is turnovers. Okay? We, we were winning the turnover battle tremendously before the last, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. <laughs> when Tom Brady decides to, you know, kind of just chuck one up into the air and it gets turned over. Or the tip ball that was intercepted by you know that Chris or um, 
Mike Evans tipped or the tip ball. What was it? The other one was was the other one a tip ball too? The other one that was tipped by uh I uh so I've got I wrote them all down. The first one um I really don't know what he was looking at. It was just a bad decision because it was, you know, going to Mike Evans, but then he threw it to the inside. He didn't hold the safety long enough. The second one, Leonard Fournette couldn't get to the blitzer. Like, Brady had dropped back, and Leonard was on the other side, so then he had to wait for Brady to get there, come over, and he couldn't get there, so then Brady just chucked it. That wasn't the best decision. Then the last one was a little high, but it hit Mike Evans' hands, and then that bounced into Jair Alexander's hands for a pick. Yeah, I, yeah it just, I don't know. You can't you can't have those kind of mistakes. Now I understand that you know he's the goat and everything, but we can't that one pass where he kind of just like tossed it up. I'm just I was like I didn't get picked. I I knew right yeah. then I was like what are you doing? I said that was not that was not characteristic from Tom Brady. Uh, I I was kind of mind blown. I was like we're gonna throw away the game and literally everyone that I've talked to you know people that i worked with um my stepdad um you know my mom my grandma or my grandfather you know they've all said they're like when he did that we thought it was over and i said i thought the same thing i literally my heart rate during this entire playoff game was above 115 beats in a resting position now that's bad for me because of my heart condition but i was i almost i told jayla at one point i said i almost have to turn off this game now because tom brady's really starting to take me off and it you know it's just we gotta make sure we're we're being smart with the football i know tom brady can be smart with the football but we gotta be smart against the kansas city chiefs because they will pick us apart yeah, no, I, a couple things, and I totally agree. You know, I think one of the big things is that those picks looked really similar to some of the ones he threw against the Chiefs. I just rewatched that game against the Rams and against the Saints, and it's all been on some specific type plays. And really, it's the blitz. When the blitz comes and it's not protected, what's not always built into Bruce Arians' system is a hot read that's underneath. It's sometimes they're sending four receivers downfield on vertical routes and just leaking Leonard Fournette into the flat or whatever. And sometimes Leonard Fournette's not open. So where do you go with the ball at that point? You know, the, the question to me is if you know that sometimes when the blitz comes, that's when you know Brady has a potential to mm-hmm. throw a pick. Really, at the end of the day, some of that and I'm not trying to absolve Tom Brady of this, but some of that is on the play design. Yeah. If you're not giving Brady the the option to get the ball out quick if he sees the blitz, it, and I mean, it was like first down, second down, some of these picks, so it's not like it's, I mean, one of them was like third down, and he knew, okay, I can just chuck it. It basically was a punt at the end of the day, but still, it was an interception on three consecutive drives, so I don't expect that kind of game again from Tom Brady, and I would hope that, the Bucks employ some of the things they did against Washington. Uh, quick screens, getting the ball out fast sometimes, having some crossers over the middle, you know, especially if you're gonna have somebody play too high safety on you, which, you know, I would suspect that the and I again I haven't watched it. we'll do this next week when we talk about the preview of this, the Chiefs. But if you are gonna play too high safeties and you're gonna dare them to run or throw underneath, just throw it underneath mm-hmm. sometimes. You know what I mean? Like and so I think Brady maybe tries too much sometimes or was trying to get it out of bounds or doesn't have the option. So I think they'll fix that for next week, but that's on my bad list for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, I really didn't have too much bad to pick from in my in my in my eyes because there was a lot of good. So if you have any more bad, you know, you can finish it off. If not, let's go ahead and move on to the good. 
Sure, yeah, one more thing. And I think the only reason it's bad is because we hold Carlton Davis to a different standard. You know, and the he, he allowed two touchdowns. One was Devontae Adams. It was like a slant. It was like on the goal line. So it is what it is. But then the other one, he got burned by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And it just scared me to death because I know what the Bucks are going to have to face <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is so fast. And so, you know, I, this to me, this is... Carlton Davis didn't have a good game, but now it's on you, Todd Bowles. You you saw what happened in the first quarter uh, last time we played the Chiefs. Don't do that again. Play some two-man, you know, or double Tyreek Hill. Double, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill. Maybe have a, a you know safety that's keeping an eye on Kelsey as well. So just you got to help your players out. Carlton Davis up to this point hadn't had trouble with the type of receiver like a Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, big, strong guy. He usually shuts those guys down. But with the speedy guys, he's had a little bit of an issue because he's not the quickest guy in the world. So he didn't have the best game, but I expect him to pick it up, everybody to play their best game for the Super Bowl. But, hey, Brandon, like you said, I don't have any more bad. So let's talk about the good from this game because it was a great, great game. Um, first and foremost, Brandon, I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but I did predict the Bucks were going to win 31-24. So it was pretty dang <laughs> close to what the final score was. It was a, it was a tight game. Eventually, we had a 18-point lead, but that vanished. But let's talk about the. Can we talk about the defense first, Brandon? Sure, sure. We can talk about the defense. What a what a what a game from our defense. The pass rush stepped up, and that's where I want to start this conversation. You know, JPP had two sacks, Shaq Baird had three sacks, and the big guy, Vita Vea, was responsible for at least three of those sacks. He may have been responsible for more. He I was responsible for see the, the first two for, for sure. First two for sure. And then it was uh it it was two of JPP's sacks. You know, he gave JPP a one-on-one, and then for sure for Shaq, he he got middle pressure, forced Rodgers out, and flushed him right into Shaq's arms, basically. So it was amazing having Vita Vea back. We're going to need that push against a really mobile guy next week. But in this game, he was everything the Bucks could have wanted in getting him back from that, you know, uh, injury he had at his ankle. We didn't think we'd get him back this year, but it was amazing seeing him back, and the pass rush finally stepped up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, what his return was huge. I mean, you can't tell me that his, his literally his first play. He didn't start, but his first play in, they got get a sack, and then the following play he gets another sack. It, it's it's that it's complimentary football, and that's where my first good was. You know, I, I'm gonna talk about the defense line here. You know, kind of go back to the defense line here in a second, but this whole game comes to complimentary football on all levels of the game, you know, talking about your defensive, your, your DBs, you know, Sean Munting had his third, his third interception in three games, three games, three postseason games on top, you know, three postseason games, like don't, not regular season, postseason, like he is clicking on all cylinders at the right time. And that set up the 39 yard bomb for Scotty Miller in the last seconds of the first half for for the Bucks to go up 21 to 10 at the time, okay? So there's that. Then at halftime, you know, Jordan Whitehead comes screaming across it and delivers yeah. a bomb of a play to fu- to force a fumble to for Devin White to pick up the ball and run it, okay? There's that. Devin White had 15 tackles. Mm-hmm. 15 Thank tackles. You. He is a 
legend of a t uh, man. He is going to be great for the Bucks for the future. Can't wait to see. He, oh, I just can't believe it. He, that was, Bucks are making history across the board here. Okay, that was the most in playoff team history of tackles by a single player in a game. All right, Ryan Suckup was perfect. And he only had one field goal, 46 yards. Okay, complimentary football. Keep going. To the punt returns. I mean, who who is Jason Mickens? I, I mean, who? I I literally had a conversation with my with my buddy at work, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Jason Mickens." You know, I'm like, "Who?" Like, and then I had a yeah, I, okay, and I only point this out because it's funny. It's actually Jaden Mickens, oh, so we can't even get the name sorry. right. <laughs> See, Jaden Mickens. Okay, Jaden Mickens. I'm sorry. So Jaden Mickens. No, no, it's all good. It's just funny. And had a huge, you know, had a ret huge returns all all game. Ended the day with 121 total yards, you know, returns. Like. That's complimentary football across, across the entire game. Yeah. Like, we have not seen that in some time. Like, even when we had the Super Bowl team, we really didn't have much complimentary on the offensive side. We really relied on our defense. This team is stacked on all sides of the ball. I cannot wait. And it goes back to our defensive line. Those sacks got that team pumped. It got them ready, and I can't believe he's back. It was good. He came back at the right time. You know, it stunk that we didn't have him for the regular season, but he's here to make his mark, and we are going to have a great Super Bowl. I, I, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, man. Well, and in a couple, uh, you you basically covered all of those <laughs> those things because <laughs> no, it's all good. The the and really what I wanted to point to was a specific stat that I saw was really awesome for the defense. So I agree with everything you said. You know, Devin White, SMB playing out of his mind. You know, Levante David breaking up passes, making splash plays. You know, Vita Vea, JPB, the whole nine yards. But one of the things I think as a unit the defense did really well was to limit Green Bay's red zone efficiency. And really, you know, this was one of their calling cards throughout the season and into the postseason. Um, we held Green Bay to two of four in the red zone, which is huge. Nobody else has really been able to stifle them in the red area all year. They had a uh, Green Bay had a historic like I think it was like eighty percent um, red zone TD conversion rate, and the Bucks forced them to settle for fifty percent. So that's just huge. And you know, if you're looking at it too, it's not just that either, because of those those two stops that the Bucks made, um, those were both in goal to go situations. So in season, they were ninety percent TD conversion rate on goal to go chances. So huge stops for the defense, forcing field goals. And if you look at the score of the game, it was it was a close game in and really, you know, a field goal or two that turned you know could have been a touchdown if the Bucks defense didn't step up. It was huge. And and if you think about that, combine that with kind of Brady's lackluster second half, giving the ball back so many times, we one hundred percent needed the defense to step up. They stepped up specifically in the red zone, but but also all over the field. So, uh, for me, that's defense. But the next thing I want to talk about is coaching, coaching, um, and and really, you know, I think there we're gonna remember some specific moments from this, and maybe bad moments uh, of coaching decisions. <coughs> but to me, I want to remember the good moments because I think there were a few really really awesome coaching moments from this week. You know, and one of those 
you know, I'm thinking about mainly was at the end of the half, BA calls a timeout with 34 seconds left after JPP gets a sack on Aaron Rodgers. And I'm thinking like, didn't you, you just gave them more of an opportunity to drive down the field. And instead, the very next play, SMB picks it off. Bucks can't get anything going on the next first down, second down, third down, um, and almost put the punt team out there. But then they decided to go for it, get the fourth down. And with seven seconds left, Tom Brady throws a Hail Mary to Scotty Miller, and it's a touchdown, a thing of beauty. That's That was a great call. Byron Leftwich had a couple of uh, a couple really beautiful play designs, and Todd Bowles had a great scheme all day. So I wanted to give the coaching its due this week. Hey man, I I completely agree. And yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of stole the thunder during my you know complimentary football there, kind of like hitting all the bright spots in the game. But one thing I didn't you know I didn't really touch on fully, and I don't know if you did. Sorry. Callan got stuck somewhere, and it was hilarious. I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> That's okay. I saw you. I saw you, like vanish. <laughs> um, so, going back to Scotty Miller's bomb. Okay, you know it was a struggling drive after that turnover. Okay, right. We we can agree on it. It was just a struggling drive, you know. And but, but what was to me was the best coaching decision because I think this this was more of a coaching decision because Tom Brady had already had his helmet off he had put it down and he literally had the coat over his shoulders and then for them to be like call a timeout then go and tell brady hey go back in there we're gonna run a play and then that happens Whoa! that where's this been all season where <laughs> like i know we've gone 11 and 5 but where was this against the bears where was this against the chiefs where was this against the saints twice like oh my goodness <laughs> i just could not believe it that was like the best strategy ever now granted the green bay packers were not ready for that at all like not so yeah. much but scotty miller can run 20 miles an hour he is like a cheetah out there and man oh man he that man was booking it 100%. Well, speaking of the offense, you mentioned Scotty Miller. He's played great uh, with Antonio Brown's absence, and really he's played great all season. You know, these are things for us in the offseason, Brandon, that we'll talk about. You know, I saw a report that the Bucks want to bring AB back, but from what we've seen of Scotty Miller, do you need to do that? These are all good questions. Um, but speaking of the offense, um, man, we got to talk about the offense. Chris Godwin. You know, he he did he again had a few weird drops, but he came back with some really awesome catches, and so I think he 100% deserves to be on the good list. Um, five receptions for 110 yards, huge 50-yard bomb that he hauled in. Uh, it was a tough catch, so I'm hoping he gets that confidence back. He, he looks like he's more confident out there. It looks like he's he's in the game. What did you think of Chris Godwin's performance? No, I completely agree. Actually, I have him down here as well with the 110 yards without it without it he didn't have a touchdown catch but he did have you know some key moments in the game and actually really the whole receiving core as a whole had some key moments mm -hmm. and some key catches you know Gronk, tyler johnson cameron break mike evans all all those guys really had key moments in this in this game where even tyler johnson's one catch guess what it was another 18-yard reception for a first down. And I think, you know, give credit where credit's due, these receivers really helped us on the first drive with the first couple third downs where it was like, it wasn't like third and one. No, it was third and 18 at one point, I think it was. It was like third and 10, you know, 
it, they, it was third and long, regardless of whatever it was. And those guys came up in clutch situations and picked up. So really, you know, kudos to Chris Godwin. Fix your hands, buddy. Let's go get him some some stick them on them. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But you know, let's 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 start <laughs> holding on to the ball. But man, uh, just across the board, the whole receiving core as a as a whole. We, man, it's good to know that we have a good receiving core. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't know before, we it's really good receiving core. And you know. Well, okay. Let me let me talk about Brady and Evans, which are the you know marquee guys first, and then let's talk about some of the unsung heroes. Uh, Brady and Evans first half, it looked like they were just unstoppable, man. Some, they obviously have chemistry. They obviously know where they want to go, and it just seems like a match made in heaven with Brady's ability to place the ball and Mike Evans' usually very sure-handedness. You know, being able to go up high point catches. And uh, Brady seems to be trusting him more, you know, finding those seams and zone coverages or taking on one-on-one matchups. Um, they did really, really well in the first half. 200 yards, two touchdowns for Brady. Evans had a few big catches on third down and a touchdown. So that's awesome. But also, you we needed the unsung heroes because Evans disappeared in the second half. Brady had, he had trouble in the second half. So I'm thinking about guys like Playoff Lenny. I'm thinking about Cam Brate, who's been huge in the playoffs. Um, these are guys who have really stepped up. The O-line, Aaron Stinney, those guys, Donovan Smith, these are unsung heroes that maybe aren't the marquee guys that, that you know First Take is going to talk about, but they were part of the reason why this offense was able to do enough in the second half to win this game. You want to talk about unsung hero? His name, Tanner Hudson. Let's, Let's do it. Tanner Hudson. Hudson, oh, interesting. Yeah. Because he was pretty good at this pass blocking. Okay, now just here, and even in the run blocking, because you know we are we are without OJ Howard, and this man is pretty good at about you know blocking. He hasn't really been a tight end for us to be a uh, re- receiving tight end. Uh, he was, I think, last year or the year before when Cameron Brait went out or something like that. Um, but he. He's done pretty well. That's an unsung, unsung hero, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's. I think the other tight end for me, Cam Brate, it's been so cool to see him having some success. Nice. Obviously, you got a guy like Gronkowski, but he had one catch, and it was a big, it was a big chunk play. But you haven't seen as many clutch moments from Gronk in the playoffs as he was doing in the regular season. So, you know, hopefully, we can see a few vintage moments from Gronk. And, uh, you know, he had a couple of drops in the Washington game. Uh, I think he had a couple of drops or maybe a couple of drops in the Saints game instead. But um, seeing a guy like Cam Brate, who he's been with the team for a long time. He was an undrafted guy. He's bounced around and found a home here with the Bucks. But then the Bucks draft O.J. Howard and bring in Gronkowski. We all thought, man, maybe Brate's going to be out of here. Maybe he's going to be traded. Maybe he's going to yeah, be cut. Yeah, we thought he was trade Brate. I think and they didn't and do I that, had... and it's a good thing because we needed that tight end depth, and he's been showing out in the playoffs. So big ups to him. Big ups to the O-line protecting Tom Brady, the best probably seven-game stretch of their you know, uh, their time as an offensive line. Aaron Sinney stepping up. Playoff Lenny, he has, he's had six touchdowns in his last seven postseason games. So... <laughs> Just it's real. Playoff Lenny is a real thing. Fantastic run. So, um, just you love to see it. You love to see the unsung heroes helping the Bucks win any means necessary. Yeah, no, and I didn't mean to overstep you there, but no, he. Uh, we had talked about it in the off season. You know, where the Bucks trade, you know, Cambray. He is a reliable tight end. You know, he he does certain things very well. 
Um, he can catch very well. He can catch yeah. and slide at the same time. I mean, we've seen that from Cambridge. So it's good that we kept him. And, man, I can't wait to see what we can do now. 100%. Hey, one more thing uh, before we move on to our listener question segment and then talk about the journey to the bowl. I've got one more thing. Brandon, feel free to jump in if you have more. But third down conversions, man, that's big for me in this game because I think it was a difference in a lot of these drives resulting in six or three or even a punt. You know, you had the Bucks going nine of 14, and they also had three third down conversions en route to their touchdown on the first drive, and they were long third downs, third and eights, third and nines. Um, so they got the touchdown on the first drive, and I don't think they would give up the lead the rest of the game. Huge third down stuff. And this comes, Brandon, after two games of less than ideal third down numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were 8 of 17 versus the Saints and 6 of 14 versus Washington. So upping that number was huge. Keep drives going. Score 6 um, versus having to settle for punts or field goals. So um, that's that's a, a fantastic thing. I think that's on Brady. I think that's on play calling. Um, on third downs at least because bad play calling put them in long third downs. But anyway, um, good stuff for converting those third downs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Got anything else, man? Anything else? I think we hit it. I think we hit it all today because we're just focusing on one game today. We hit it all. And hit it all. Normally we we cut that transition us into what needs to change, but we're going to save that for next week's show mm-hmm. because we 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 talked about it we really wanted this show to be kind of the kickoff into it because next week we we're, we're gonna get a week to hunker down and focus on the chiefs we're gonna we're gonna give you a super bowl like show we're gonna give you a super show yeah that's what we're gonna call it the super show super show super show super show tuesday <laughs> oh man i love it i love it man well, um, yeah, and I think we had one listener question. We did talk about it a little bit. It was Christopher Cole bringing up Vita Vea's manhandling of the Packers. So, you know, this is a tip of the cap to Christopher Cole because he 100% hit the nail on the head. Um, Vita Vea was huge for this defense, and I've said it all year long. This defense is predicated on more than anybody else. Yes, Devin White's important. Yes, Shaq Barrett's important. Yes, JPP is important. Devin White, the secondary. Vita Vea, getting that pressure up front, stopping the run, putting pressure on quarterbacks, driving them to one side or the other where pass rushers are coming, getting them off the spot helps the secondary, and you saw it in this game. It's It was huge having Vita Vea back, so tip of the cap to Christopher Cole for getting it uh, right on, and I'm, I'm in total agreement that Vita Vea was manhandling people, and it was one of the keys to this game. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are being very active in the chat today. I we appreciate you guys Love all it. so very Love much. It. It's fun. Hey to man, see... and, and one more. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It, no, you're good. It, it's fun to see some of these stories. You know, people like you know who who listened to us for a while. Um, like Christopher Cole, he was telling. He said that I went through the dun or the pre dungy days and watched the team grow and you know the heartache in the playoffs every year until Gruden came and we got a championship then we had ups and downs from for another five six years and got into a, a cap trouble then we were we, <laughs> then the really dark times said I never would have thought that we would be in the Super Bowl I Chris I, I we appreciate you buddy we love that you listen to us you know every year every Tuesday and we we appreciate you sharing with that and you guys keep sharing that like awesome stories with us and it's fun to see 
Oh, absolutely. I was just about to say, sorry, literally, we're on the same wavelength, Brandon, because I was going to say, you know, thank you, D. Thank you, Misador. Thank you, Benny, uh, for sharing those stories or somebody else. Uh, Christopher, obviously. Um, uh, Russ Lawson. Uh, and there was one more towards the beginning. Uh, Joyce. Um, I can't find it. It's right toward the beginning. Um, so just super grateful for everybody being a part of this and uh, sharing your your memories. This is gonna be a fun pod. This was a fun podcast, and really, it's not over just yet because we're gonna talk about really the story in the making of this year. You know, think about it, guys. Maybe this is gonna be some young Bucks fans' favorite moment. You know, your favorite moment might be Rondé's pick. It might be John Lynch knocking out his brother-in-law. I saw that one. That was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, your favorite moment might be you know the Super Bowl. It, it might be something like that, but maybe somebody's favorite moment is this story that the Bucks are writing right now. So we're going to talk about, Brandon, we're going to talk about our journey to the bowl. This is a one-time segment. I'm excited about it to talk about the, the history of really this season and, and how we got from the offseason to here. Brandon, are you ready for this? Man, I am ready. Let's do it. So, offseason. What do we do in the off season? Really, this was a weird off season. You know, this is this is the first and maybe, you know, first of two COVID off seasons. Hopefully, it's you know we're able to overcome a lot of these things as a, a nation and a country of a global pandemic. But the the truth remains, this was the weirdest off season in a long time. You know, there were different protocols that they had to follow. The draft was completely virtual. That was kind of weird. Um, you know, you had, uh, you couldn't be meeting in certain capacities. There was no preseason, you know, you, you had limited off season training. And so in the midst of all of that, the Bucks make some pretty crazy moves in the off season and really begin to build a little bit of a new team. And then to try to get that team to gel together with all the challenges and adversity, it's been amazing. So this is what they did in the offseason, Brandon. And of course, they brought back some current players, brought back JPP on a one, uh, re-signed him for multiple years. Sue got a one-year deal. Shaq got the franchise tag. OJ got his option exercised. And they brought back Gabbert, Minter, Auclair, Nacho, Ryan Smith, Tanner Hudson, and Andrew Adams on one-year deals. Um, a great uh, hall there and then in the drafts Tristan Wirfs first round he's been a stud home run pick Antoine Winfield Jr. second round stud home round home run pick Keyshawn Vaughn in the third we'll see Tyler Johnson in the fifth round home run pick Khalil Davis Chappelle Russell and then Raymond Calais was cut but really you know the biggest story in all of this offseason of course was the free agent acquisitions the biggest of which was none other than the greatest of all time. Tom Brady came and signed with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a two-year deal. Then, following Tom Brady, Gronkowski. We traded for Rob Gronkowski, who was in retirement but decided to come out, traded New England. We sent him a fourth-round pick and uh, received a seventh-round pick in, in 2020. We got Joe Haig, LaShawn McCoy, A.Q. Shipley, Ryan Suckup. Man, that might be sneak sneaky best deal one of the best deals we had and then Leonard Fournette uh, man some fantastic signings Brandon thinking back on those signings other than Tom Brady what was your favorite move um, signing draft whatever bringing back current what was your favorite move of the offseason uh, it, you know you I would love to say Tom Brady but but you're not giving me that option so what is it going to be <laughs> it's going to be the the running backs of Shady McCoy and Leonard Fournette now you 
Why? Well, it kind of gave the boost for Ronald Jones to say, hey, this is still my job and I'm here to do it. But then, you know, he came. All three of those guys at certain points of the season have done very well. I don't see uh, LaShawn McCoy maybe sticking around next season. I think he might be gone next year. Um, it might be the Ronald Jones, Lena Fournette show. Um, but I really think that helped us a lot. But he, like you said, that sneaky, 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 sneaky Ryan Suckup was the, you know, the probably my probably our favorite on the show because you know we 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 talk special teams here i think that was a the diamond in the rough for the bucks because the books have been plagued been plagued mm-hmm. since letting matt, matt bryant go um with mm-hmm. kicker with kicker just couldn't get anything so i think this was a win win for the bucks for sure yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, for me, having a guy who's a kicker who is it's just going to make the kicks he's supposed to make. I wish Matt Gay all the best of luck. I thought he was going to be our kicker for the future. He's got a huge leg. He's had a lot of success in, in L.A. and more power to him. But for whatever reason, he couldn't make the easy ones here in Tampa Bay when we really needed it. There were at least a couple games we might have lost, might have won last year had we made some of those kicks. And, of course, there's multiple variables. But, you know, you just want a guy who's going to come in and be that veteran presence who's going to go in, make the kicks, and he's already come up really clutch in the playoffs. You know, He hasn't had a game winner, but he's had a couple of kicks that have uh, been the difference in maybe adding some points to a lead when it was getting a little dicey. Mm-hmm. He made it an eight-point game uh, against Green Bay. He's done a couple of really other good, uh, good things. He's almost been perfect in the playoffs. Uh, I think he has been perfect for field goals. Maybe he had one extra point blocked or something like that, but just fantastic, great signing. Um, underrated move of the year. And, um, you know, the I guess the next thing to do is to talk about, you know, we didn't have a preseason, limited offseason. We both were kind of predicting that the Bucks, because of that, might lose their first game. So, Brandon, let's let's just talk about the games that we had this year, kind of go through them, do a little recap. Of course, the first game was against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Um, didn't go so well, did it? No, it didn't. But it started out well. <laughs> it started out very well with Tom Brady rushing for his first touchdown as Tampa Bay Buccaneer against the New Orleans Saints. And we thought what would be a good game at that point turned out to be a disaster. He, I mean, he threw for two touchdowns, but also threw for two interceptions, and ultimately been the was the game changer for that. Yeah, and a lot of media were, um, I, I don't know the best term for it, but maybe wanting to criticize him and and wondering if the bucks had you know buyer's remorse or something like that from you know from getting tom brady and you know the thought that we would have buyer's remorse thank you for getting the sun it, out it of was our funny eyes. to me yeah i was best i was like <laughs> what is that it's it's the sun coming from over there um you know the thought that we would have uh buyer's remorse from bringing in the greatest of all time i thought was laughable but it was it was a storyline for people. We lose to the New Orleans Saints. I predicted it. I told my New Orleans friends, "Hey, you're gonna get us the first time. We'll get you the next time. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a minute." But we did lose, um, 34 to 23. So not a great not a great first game. But we rebounded in the second game versus sure the Carolina did. Panthers. Mm-hmm. Came back and had a huge win. It was close for a little bit, and then none other than Leonard Fournette uh, broke off a huge run at the end of the game to seal it. Um, that was a great second game. Got a win under our belt. It felt good for for Bucks fans who were defending the move to bring Tom Brady in. 
Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And then our following game after that, we went on the road to uh, Denver as well. That was our first back-to-back road games, kind of like, in, you know. Oh, no, sorry. No, it wasn't. I was wrong. I, I can't even read today. <laughs> um, going to Denver and uh, kind of just shellac- giving a shellac into the Denver Broncos, in just my opinion, you know. Uh, Tom went 25 for 38, or tw- was 25 for 38 for 297 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that man had his probably his first as the NFL have a day, so to say. Yeah. So I think that was probably the bright spot there with Tom Brady kind of having his first game, kind of getting more gelled into who we have and who he has to work with in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, defense came up huge as well. I remember that was a game where they just destroyed backup quarterbacks. And, you know, you saw Shaq Barrett get multiple sacks in his homecoming game in Denver. You saw Levante David get a clutch pick. You also saw Mike uh, Edwards um, steal all the momentum and and really seal the game with a one-handed pick. It was a a good game, but moving forward... The next game was interesting because mm. I was I was feeling it, man. I was riding high. I was like, man, we got this. We're going to destroy the Chargers. Rookie quarterback, come on. We got – didn't exactly go like that, did it? No. They, um, they raced off to a little bit of a lead, didn't they? Yes, they did. And it was to the point where we all had flashbacks of the, the number three days where it was just like, oh. It's all over. But I think this is where the Bucks fans finally put their trust into Tom Brady. And he came back and gave the Chargers a shellacking in the second half. Yeah, he did, man. It was it was huge. It was it was my I witnessed my first Tom Brady comeback as a Buccaneer. And I'm telling you, it is exhilarating knowing that this guy it doesn't matter, man. It, you can be down by 17 points, as we saw against the Falcons, and he'll still come back. It's just, He's just that kind of quarterback. He's got this belief, and he's instilled it into all the guys. I think that was the first experience they, they had with, you know, we can come back. We got a guy who's come back from 28-3 to three in a Super Bowl. We, mm-hmm. we can come back from anything. So that was a great game. Yeah, Unfortunately, I, the next game – y'all go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. That, that gave us a three-game win streak, but then that came to a screeching halt against yeah, the Yeah, it did. It was, it was, I think it was our first primetime game. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was uh, – well, I guess, you know, New Orleans was like game of the week or whatever, but this was our first primetime game, mm-hmm. and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. Was Mike horrible. Evans was hobbling. Chris Godwin was out. We didn't have many receiving options. Um, and we played a lot of zone coverage, and it let you know Nick Foles just kind of shred us. So that was a low moment to have gone, you know, on a three-game win streak to come back in huge fashion, and then to to lose out to the Bears like that. Um, it it almost bit us in the butt in the end um, with that NFC loss. Thankfully, we won quite a few at the end of the year. We'll talk about that um, to to give us that. Um, edge over the Seahawks and the Rams so uh but but that was a huge loss it was it was kind of devastating and Tom Brady was really pissed off at his O-line lots of penalties um not a lot of protection for him and so you know this is the kind of thing that spurs a team to greatness and they didn't have a lot of penalties after that did they no nope they cleaned it up yeah they cleaned it up they cleaned it up and they cleaned it up against 
the team that we just got done talking about and came to our home and gave the Green Bay Packers a shellacking. We shredded that cheese. We shredded it. Oh, my goodness. That was a day. It was a day to remember. And, you know, you and I had both said, I said, there's a possibility we meet those green, those same Green Bay Packers in the playoffs if we keep playing like we did that same day. Yeah, man. It was That might be one of the best Bucks games I've ever watched. I watched it with my brother in um tennessee and you know i was apprehensive going into it especially after losing to the bears like we did but it was really man both sides of you know the offense and the defense worked together probably one of the most complete games we played all year tons of sacks on aaron Rodgers. we came back from a 10-point deficit really knocked him around you know uh, had a, a couple of interceptions really similar to how the game went um you know, similar to what we did um, in the NFC Championship, knocking them around, a bunch of sacks, a uh, couple of turnovers, and really had control of that game. Scored, I believe it was, we ended the game 38-10 or something like that. So we scored 38 straight and humiliated the Packers. It was a great win, and I think it kind of had Bucks fans, you know, going at ease. At this point, we're 4-2 and two after beating the Packers. It's okay. You know, we just had a hiccup with the Bears. Let's move on to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. This, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Except when the Bucks win, then we come back home and then we celebrate a win. <laughs> yeah, well, and this was this was when COVID forced us out of prime time. That was yep. supposed to be another prime time game, wasn't it? Yes, it was, and I think it kind of helped the Bucks just a little bit after coming a trouncing. Tr- performance against the Green Bay Packers. I think it kept the Bucks on on you know, kept the Bucks, you know, humble and, you know, kept you know, they kept pounding it against the Bucks former head coach, Super Bowl winning head coach, John Gruden, in the new black coal UFO what are, what are what are they calling it now? <laughs> the Death Star. The ooh, ooh. ooh I like that. Well, like now I got Star Wars. Yeah, it was one of my. <laughs> it was a fun game. It was a fun game. You saw a similar play to what we did in the NFC Championship with Scotty Miller going deep right before half. Brady hitting him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fun game. Got a little close. Got a little, you know, too close for comfort. But uh, you know, a pick and um, a couple of quick touchdowns, and the Bucks pulled away to win their second in a row. And it had them now at five and two going into a primetime game versus the New York Giants. And I'll a tell you this: very Brandon, bad New York Giants. Very bad New York Giants. And I'll tell you this: I thought we were going to prove our point to the nation, to everybody. <laughs> we're gonna just destroy the Giants. I, you know, shouldn't even be close. <laughs> and the exact opposite thing happened. Yep. And we, truth be told, we barely won. Oh no! And you know, I. I remember very vividly getting off of work during halftime. Like, man, I can't believe they're giving us this much of a hard time. Like, it's prime time. It's a Monday night game. You know, we we gave a shellac into the Green Bay Packers. You know, we beat up the Oakland Raiders. L- let's go in there and, like, just finish off the New York Giants season. And somehow, in some magical way, we almost end up losing to the to a NFC East team, not not not. You have to remember this NFC East. All four they teams were, were terrible. 
Terrible. Yeah. Like you can you cannot defend any of them regardless of what happened. And it was just terrible. Yeah. Just, just, just horrible, and you know we escaped because Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, he broke up a two-point conversion. You know he hit the ball before he got to the receiver. I don't believe anything different. It was a, it was Can't a change good play, my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they escaped that game. They escaped it. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of issues, and really what you'll see, and and somebody somebody put in the comments this was really good. Um, let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. Benny Sokolaskis, sorry, um, said this team was like cooking. It took time to get done, and in December, we was. <laughs> I like that. It, and it did. It took some time. This offense did not look great versus the Giants. No, it didn't. And it seems like after that Giants game, you know, we ended up losing three of our, you know, three out of the last four games before our bye week, starting with a freaking trounced by the New Orleans Saints and guys you have to remember at the time Michael was still living in New Orleans at the time and he had his heart shattered from the Saints fans shattered not only so Brandon that that was the single worst game I've ever watched as a Bucks fan and I had to do some serious soul searching I was like I've probably got too much of myself wrapped up in this thing <laughs> If this is if this is impacting me this much, <laughs> I need to do some soul searching. But not only was I dealing with that, but during Hurricane Zeta, our roof for our apartment came off, and we were on the first floor. It you know it was the third floor roof, and um, the water was coming into the third floor and dripping down the walls. And under the baseboards of the second and first floor. So I remember watching the game, but I was like askew because we moved our couch because there was a flood coming in. So I still remember we're dealing with this stupid flood stuff and, you know, water coming in the baseboards. And the gosh dang Saints beat us 38-3. to So I don't have great memories from that. And it was not, it's not a fun time. No, not a fun time to go to work It wasn't fun. It was not fun. Let's not talk about it. But we can talk about how we, we swept the Carolina Panthers this year. Uh, finishing it off in Carolina, which would end up putting us up at seven to three. The Bucks had so much of a so much of a bounce bounce back game, I guess you could say. You know, after being shattered by you know the Saints, but uh, the next two games were close, but not close. If you know what I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> well, no, I know exactly what you mean. I do, you know, because it was. You know, after beating the Panthers, we're seven and three. I'm feeling good. I'm thinking we have a pretty good shot against the Rams. You know, at that point in the season, I still wasn't convinced about the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, they ended up getting much better towards the end of the year. And obviously, injuries had a big part of why they were struggling in the playoffs. But you know, we lost that game, 24-27. I remember I'm watching that game from the road because we're traveling because of holidays, and. That was not a great game for Tom Brady. He he had a couple of picks, and he actually had a chance to go down and either tie it or win the game and threw a, threw a really bad pick. And so I know a lot of people were really down on Brady after that game. And really there's a – it could have been right after that game, it, and I'm not sure if it was or not, but there was like talks about Brady and Arians and are they getting along and do they gel and – I think it was right around this time where we lost three out of those four games that 
people were asking those questions. So it wasn't a good game, and I just forgot. Um, we also added Antonio Brown, but, mm-hmm. and, and he came back for the Saints game. So, you know, he's been a big part of the season, the latter part of the season, and just want to throw that in there. But Rams game, no good, didn't get it done. But then we had the Chiefs, and Brandon, you and I both really did not believe the Bucks were going to win this game. Um, and after the first quarter, I thought we were going to get blown out. Yep, I completely agree. I did not think the Bucks were going to make it even close. Um, you know, the box, the end box score does not reflect the first half of the game at all. Um, it just, man, man, oh man, man, oh man. We, the, the defending Super Bowl champions were coming into Tampa where, where the whole, the stadium was hosting the Super Bowl this, that year, you know, just reminiscing, you know, just like, oh, you know, we're going to come back here and play again, you know, (laughs) we got it, guys. Yeah, no, no, just no, no. I, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. Can we just move on to the bye week where nothing happened? Let's we were it. on a bye week. Let's do it. <laughs> and all I'll say is we we made it we made it a game right at the end. And I mean I think that's what gives me some confidence is we were able to find some defensive strategies to limit the Chiefs offense. Limit it. I mean you can't fully stop Patrick Mahomes or those weapons, but um, it gives me some hope, you know, that Todd Bowles didn't get completely outcoached for the whole game and we made it close. We had some key stops. Just couldn't get that last stop at the end, and we'll get another chance. We're, we're literally going to be rematching pretty much every aspect of it. Probably the same uniforms, uh, same team, and same stadium for the Super Bowl. It's going to be fantastic. But Crazy. bye week, Brandon, a lot of questions. A lot of questions going into the bye week. Two straight losses. A lot of people had a lot of thoughts to say about the Buccaneers. A lot. A lot to say, you know. Yeah. We took a, we took a break. We were just like, man, we don't even, you know. We had we you and I both think like man we might not even make the playoffs now we might end up at like nine and seven at this point you know there was a chance but then coming out of the bye week a magical run had begun and it started in it started here in Tampa against the Minnesota Vikings a magical it did. run and it was it's it's a been a magical run and and Christopher Cole is talking about it he said his favorite moment from the the year was after the bye week he put on his Bucks necklace. And he hasn't taken it off since, and they are undefeated, seven and zero since that moment. A lot of questions going into the bye week, you know, strategy. You know, I, we Brandon, we even talked about should Byron Leftwich relinquish play calling duties to Bruce Arians. Those were legitimate conversations that not just fans who were frustrated were having. I mean, these were conversations around the league. Like, are we wasting this opportunity in this offense? And Man, they, they strung together some really good wins. The Minnesota Viking game, it was a little bit of a shaky win. The defense did not do great. Uh, we ended up pulling it out. Um, but I think a big statement win was coming back against the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons had a 17-point lead on the Bucks, and the Bucks battled back um, after a rough first half. They came back, and Brady played just perfection in the second half and uh, took it all the way down to the wire and beat the Falcons, and and that was a big moment. I think you know it was a, it was a turning point. If you lose another game, then you pretty much have to be perfect the rest of the season to get into the playoffs. Um, and at that and point, that happened. if we win, and it did, and if we if we win the last four games, I think we were guaranteed to get that fifth wild card spot and play play one of the NFC East teams. So it was huge that we were able to come back and get that victory. It gave us a lot of confidence going into the next week against the, the Lions, didn't it? Oh yeah, it sure did. And I'm 
kind of need to try to wrap this up here short here shortly, Micah. But um, sure, let's run it. Let's run through it. Yeah. So the destroying, like the destroying, the pounding, the the feast, the Christmas gift of destroying the lions the day after Christmas was a present Bucks fans had long waited for. It solidified the Bucks a spot into the playoffs for the first time in like 13 well at the time what was it 14 years i think it was or whatever it was since 2007, 2007 was the last yeah so was, yeah so somewhere around there anyways but then we go on to the next week and we just do it all again against the atlanta falcons just do it all again yeah we do in 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 the season with a win over the falcons big win 44 27 this offense was on fire you know, they put up 26-31, 47-44 in their last four games uh, from the bye week. And going into the playoffs, they have won three games on the road. Washington football team, New Orleans Saints, and the Green Bay Packers. And this offense has put up 30 every game. And Brandon, did you know that the Buccaneers are undefeated when they put up 30 points or more in the season? Um, that's a crazy stat. And I think they're going to need at least 30, maybe 40 in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs in the in the Super Bowl. Amazing run, amazing journey to go on the road three times. Brady's never won a Super Bowl as a wild card team. And to to do it this year of all years, a truncated offseason, no preseason, brand new team, brand new system. For the first time in 20 years, you're doing something brand new. And to, to win 11 games in the regular season, three on the road in the playoffs, and to compete in the Super Bowl in your home stadium what a story, what a journey. Brandon, you know, you couldn't write it any better, could you? No, you can't. I think me and Kellen here are very excited for the Super Bowl. Are we ready for the Super Bowl, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're ready for it. Well, that's awesome. Well, I think I think we have some final thoughts, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we have some final because we're going we're we're going to Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Because we're going Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait, Micah. We're going to the Super Bowl! Super Bowl! <laughs> Let's go. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. This is a little bit of a different podcast, but a historic one for sure. Going to the Super Bowl. Don't forget, Brandon and I will be here next week, next Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be talking all things Chiefs, all things Super Bowl matchup. It's going to be exciting. Join us next week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember, if you like what we're doing, if you want to support us, just give us a share on Facebook. We'll keep you posted on some exciting things in the future. As always, a huge thank you to Bucks Report. Beware the Bay Podcast would not be here without being on their network. We're super grateful. You can find us on social media as well, at Instagram and Twitter at Beware the Bay, on Facebook at Beware the Bay Podcast. You can listen to the audio version of this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Thank you again, faithful Bucks fans, for tuning into the podcast. Stay positive, live life to the fullest, and as always, go Bucks.